It's Positive Spark Plug time, and I'm your host, Candace, and I'm so excited for you to be joining me today. Why? Because you're about to get POWED! Because today's episode, I have a very, very extraordinary guest, Dave Pow Tibain, and on today's episode, we discuss and go over his journey on how he has successfully created a life that allows him to impact all individuals at all stages of their life. He's the founder and creator of the 30-Day Challenge, and he is Powman. Powman is a superhero that goes around delivering real usable strategies for children to overcome and conquer bullying, whether it's done to them or around them. This episode, I am just blown away and I'm ecstatic for you guys to hear about it and I'm ecstatic for you guys to get POWED. So are you guys ready? Because it's time. Hello, Dave. How are you? Hey, Katie. Good to be here. How you doing? Good. I am so excited to have you on Positive Spark Plug podcast. Um, from the very second I got sight of you and heard of you, I started following you and I absolutely fell in love with what you did and what you're creating with the Powman books and, and going around to the schools. And it just really resonated with me. So I had to reach out and I'm so, so thankful that you um, are taking the time to bring your energy and all of your wisdom and the Powman to Positive Spark Plug. Um, so thank you so very much for that. Um, hey. For my... Oh, go ahead. Pleasure, pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. It's, it's crazy. What, what? It's crazy to see what technology can do in today's world. You know, you're on the other side of the world, and uh, here we are being out of chat right now, which is wild. So, yes, uh, awesome to be here. I really, really appreciate your kind words. Um, so for all my listeners that don't know who Dave Pow Tipain is, I want you to tell me who you are before you got the Pow in your name. The power side of things. So, um, uh, look, you know, I'm born in a very small town, you know, 500 people out in the, the country, New South Wales and Australia. Um, you know, younger, youngest of uh, three children, two older sisters. And, you know, I grew up in a small town where a lot of people have a bit of a closed mind. You know, they don't leave the town. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things where there's a, a bit of a negativity. And I do see the ill effects of poor health when it comes to fitness. Uh, sorry, mental, nutrition, um, you know, habits, all that kind of stuff, lifestyle. So I see a lot of negativity sort of stuff around that. And, you know, as a young kid, I, I saw some of the effects of my own family. And so I just wanted to be different, you know, and, um, you know, so the journey it took me on, I ended up having mentors come into my life at critical times in my life, you know, especially in high school. There's a guy called Mark Elliott, who was an ex-military guy who introduced me to the kettlebell. And that was where things really took off for me because I, I had – at a time where I needed a role model, I had a role model come into my life and totally change it uh, for the better. And uh, yeah, he introduced me to kettlebells. 
that was the he had the first kettlebells in Australia. We ended up starting the very first kettlebell gym in Australia. So those those weights with the iron ball and the handle. And you know, I fell in love with that. And I was working four jobs at the time. I ended up becoming an electrician. I failed my year twelve English, so uh, university was off the cards. And coming from a small town, you know, my dad got sick. For me, it was like, I've got to step up in life. And that's where we started that first business. It was in a backyard garden shed, four by five meters, uh, three, three, three bits of carpet. We'd train barefoot in winter. And, um, and we had five kettlebells. So we had a deaf dog named Barney in the corner of the shed. And, you know, we had all the garage and stuff in there. And we started in this gym. And for me, that was opportunity. For me, that was uh, the ability, a bit of freedom as well, independence. And that was where... You know, I saw a lot of hope and I put my heart and soul into that place and we grew it and become a phenomenal training community. And that was at a time where group fitness in that community kind of aspect. Um, sorry, cut out for a sec. I got a phone call. So at that time, group fitness in Australia wasn't that big. It was only marathon running or bodybuilding, you know, and I was like, you know, when I found kettlebells, I was like this suits everyone you know my mom can do it my sister can do it my dad can do it my family you know everyone can do it it's not about being the biggest strongest or whatever it's about looking after your body and being healthy so i fell in love with that obviously come from a small town uh or maybe not obviously but you know my my parents said you know get a trade get a secure job you know all this kind of stuff so i did that but i also worked three jobs two of those being in a restaurant and a bar the third one being in uh, my gym fourth one being electrical apprenticeship so i worked day and night seven days a week most of the time uh to make my dream come true i started importing kettlebells um and basically just started uh becoming obsessed with helping people overcome whatever challenges they have uh and develop developing what i call a solution-based mindset to life so no matter what life throws at you you overcome it you go beyond it you grow from it and you get better in life rather than getting bitter and that's something i'm truly passionate about and you know, the rest kind of all rolls into that. But that's how it got started. You know, I started E12 English and um, university was off the cards and my dad got sick. So there's a lot of pressure at that time. Didn't know what to do. So I really grabbed on to the one thing I did have and that was that little gym. And for me, that was uh, that was amazing opportunity at the time where most people or people even now would never think that that's opportunity. But for me, under those stresses, uh, was, was, was like, you know... Uh, the best thing ever. <laughs> um, it's, it's critical for um, young people to definitely have people to look up to that are going to help push them, help allow them to create themselves and, and be within them. Um, how is mentoring, because you said mentor, how is mentoring so important to you in your life and what are you doing to help others um, by being a mentor? Look, you know, that's uh, there's a few things in that question. But in regards to mentorship, I think it's super important to always look out for mentors, especially beyond your, your current circle family. You know, because when you're a kid, you're heavily influenced by your family. But when you start to go beyond your family, especially as it starts to become career, business, things like that, you start to get different perspectives. The perspective is powerful. Seeing things, a new paradigm of thinking is very important. A lot of people, you know, in Australia, in a sense, a lot of people actually have it too good. They've got too many opportunities. Too many opportunities creates uh, over-analysis, overthinking, uh, and uh, analysis paralysis. You know, there's so many opportunities. There's no pressure to, to grab one. And, you know, like, 
Uh, so, so many kids now, like, oh, I don't really know what I want to do and all that stuff. You know, when I was at that time, I was forced. There was pressure. There was not many options. So, I jumped on, you know, the, you know, the things I could do and all that stuff. So, mentors for me were, was, um, you know, life-changing. You know, having people come into my life who believed in me before I even believed in myself, saw what I did not see or, you know, um, and, and guided me. It's super important. And there's, there's a bit of a rule that I live by. I heard in a book one day, I read it in a book one day. It says, you know, there's, um, you know, there's people that are going to be, you're going to be learning from. There's people that you're going to be going along with. And it'll be people that you're helping. You know, and it's really important uh, to have those three types of people in your life. And what I also heard along the journey and what I've seen to be true is as you're going along in your journey, there's three types of people as well. You will meet three other types of people. Those that will lift you up those that will go along with you and those that will pull you down or leech off you uh, or take advantage of you. And once you actually succeed and break through that next level or go into that new space or, you know, do really well at what you're doing, only two of those people out of three deserve to go with you. And you'll see those people that just want to come on for a free ride and all that kind of stuff. So look, mentorship is um, changed my life. I've got lots of mentors in lots of different areas of my life. Um, and so I suggest anyone else out there, um, you know, I guess people are listening to this, you know, there's some, they're getting some form of mentorship from listening to your podcast and listening to who, um, who you interview and lots of stuff. And, you know, the good thing, like I've been in business programs where I've paid $50,000 to be a part of for the year and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, mentorships, um, you know, I paid nothing for dollars wise, but I've paid with my time, my friendship, my value, my um, you know, my enthusiasm and all that sort of stuff. So a lot of young kids, if you're listening to this, is the best thing you have is enthusiasm as your form of payment. A lot of people, especially as we get older, we appreciate people who have life. It'll have enthusiasm. You have a good attitude. So anyone else out there, that's how you pay for mentorship in the beginning stages, uh, which is amazing because he's going to be good. He's going to bring you best. And, and that's, um, yeah, it's a great thing. So uh, mentorships, it's phenomenal. And, um, you know, always look to the people that are doing that you want to be doing or wish you could be doing or whatever it is, because they obviously know something if they're doing it. And all these people too, you know, one of my first mentors, um, as well, when I was 16 years old, Brad Booth, who's now my best friend, he come and spoke to me at a, at a time in school where I was getting kicked out in year 10 when I was 16 years old. And they told me that, you know, I wasn't smart enough to go on to year 11 and 12 as a higher education you know, I should just get a job and all this kind of stuff. And they put together this day for these kids that were going to get kicked out of school or, or suggested not to come back. And um, everyone who come and spoke at those days were like fucking dead, had no life, no energy, no love for what they did. And I'm sitting there going, there's got to be another way. You know, there's got to be. And I was sick at the time. I had tonsillitis and stuff like that. And I remember there, and then this one guy come on, he's the last speaker, it was Brad Booth from uh, Brad's Mesley's clothing store in town, which, you know, I love to, love to go. And he come on, he spoke with passion, he spoke with enthusiasm, he spoke about his wife, his kids, he you know, works hard, but, you know, the time he spends with the kids is quality. And I really looked up to that. And, and that guy, Brad Booth, after that talk, I was so, such a shy guy. I had a speech impediment. I didn't know how to uh, present myself to people. I didn't know how to speak. I was always told to be seen, not heard, and all these kind of things growing up. No wonder I developed a speech impediment. But that guy, I knew I had to learn from him because he always said in his speech, so he said in his speech, is that successful people love to share. They love to teach. They love to help, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, 
you know, it was really interesting because I actually went home and I remember um, I was mowing my dad's, my parents' lawn um, and, you know, doing some gardening and just being, you know, being useful. Uh, and I was really proud of that because I was really, really motivated. I just wanted to, you know, raise a standard and be the best I could be. And, and my dad come home and, um, you know, he didn't mean to, but he complained about my job I was doing. I was like, man, you know, like, thanks. And then um, I told him about this guy, Brad. I said, man, I met this guy, Brad. He's really successful. He's doing great stuff. And, you know, he, he said that he's open to teach, you know, help any kids and all this kind of stuff. You know, I want to learn from him. You know, I'm not that much into the clothes business, but I'd love to learn from him. I don't care what I need to do to learn from him. He said, Dave, why the fuck would he teach you what he knows? Why would he teach you how to be successful? Successful people don't do that, right? And that's due to the way my dad thinks, you know, and it's sad because it's not true. It's totally not true. You know, and whether he's either having a bad day or not, whatever it is, give a better for doubt. But at that time, it really hurt me. But at the time as well, I knew that that's not true. You know, even though it was my dad, you know, so I wasn't going to like, you know, uh, you know, hate my dad for it. I was just like, well, okay, I'm going to be quiet now and I'm going to go find out for myself. And what I actually did, Candy, is I went up to this store I only had $50 in my uh, wallet and that $50 when I was 16, that $50 I had to give to mom for a school holiday because mom didn't have the money to let me go on the school holiday. I went into that store well, and I really wanted to go on the school excursion because it was up here in Sydney. It was a great experience. I got chosen as a leader to come back on it. And I went into that store knowing that Brad Booth was going to sell me on something and I didn't have the money to buy it, right, which I, but I didn't want to be embarrassed and not have the money. And I went in there and I said, my goal is to talk to Brad as long as I possibly can. Look him in the eye, shake his hand, try to hold a conversation with him. And, um, and, and it's fair enough. I did that. I achieved that. He remembered my name. We had a great chat and I brought a $50 fucking t-shirt, which at the time was all the money I had. <laughs> it was the most expensive t-shirt I've ever fucking brought in my time up to that point. <laughs> and I walked out of there knowing that I wasn't going to go on that school excursion, knowing that mum was going to be upset because I couldn't go and all this sort of stuff. And I had that shirt and I fucking wore that shirt every single day down at the skate park. And that, oh, for yeah. me, that was, a, that was a symbol of, of I went out there and found out the truth, um, you know, found out and, you know, and become, made a friend, made a business friend, associate. And I was really proud of that sort of stuff. So I went beyond my own network and my own family. Um, to do that and that made me feel very proud and I didn't go on the excursion uh, but I still remember that day like it was fucking yesterday and obviously here I'm talking about it and Brad and I are best friends today and that was I'm 30 years old I was 16 that's 14 years since I wow. first met him so this time 14 years ago um, so yeah like stories like that and people like that and mentors you could say um friends for life and there's four stages of the mentorship i want everyone there to understand that first one you look up at them second one you look at them eye to eye third one you look down on them you feel that they're holding you back because that there's a point where you actually have to leave your the, that mentor because you're ready to go to the next one but how you leave that mentorship it says a lot about your character and whether you burn bridges or not and all that sort of stuff because your success is not determined on them. Yes, they help you, but at the end of the day, it's your success. This is a mentorship. It's not like a coach or whatever it is. It's more based on a friendship and a mutual um, love for each other. You know, that you really sort of support each other and lots of stuff. You know, that's why a lot of mentorships are unofficial. They're no contract. None of that stuff. It's just, hey, you're a good kid. 
I really appreciate your effort. I know what it's like coming up and that's the link. And the fourth one is you look back and you appreciate and you see how much that person played a role in your life. And those mentors can come back into your life at different parts of your life. You know, you might at 16, you come in, you know, and then we have a couple of years and repeat that cycle. Then I move on to new things and business stuff and all that. But then later on, I might come back and he might be a mentor in regards to having kids and family and business at a different level and all that. So you always want to make sure even if you do get to a point where your mentor is, um, you know, you've reached the end of your journey with that person, is you, you make a friend and you stop demanding or asking help from them or whatever it is. You just make a friend um, and you move on. You know, you go continue, continue your little journey stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a cycle to it. So, um, yeah, always remember that because there's some people I've seen when they're mentored, and I've mentored young people, you know, um, and there's a point where, you know, they've, they feel like they've, you know, they've learned everything. They've got all the answers, you know, a little bit know-it-all yeah. sort of, you know, <laughs> eager and whatever you want to oh, call yeah. it. And then, and then they think they're too cool. And it's like, yep, you know, go, for, go to the real world, man. You know, you, you need to go out there and leave the paddock a little bit and see what it's like. And, and also find out things for yourself, you know, like, you know, you're ready, you're ready to get out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a big part of it. So anyway, it's a bit of a tangent, but. Uh, some valuable points from from what I've I've learned in the past. No, I love I love that story. Thank you. And, um, yeah, it, it's really important that we understand that just because they have the title of a family member doesn't mean that we always have to take their advice. We we listen to it, we honor it, we respect it. But that doesn't mean that it's always correct or it's always right for us. A lot of the times our family members say stuff out of fear uh, mm -hmm. of, of us failing and how we're going to react if things don't go right. So a lot of the time yeah. it's coming from a good place. It, it just correct. doesn't sound or, or, or look like it or sometimes even feel like it. Like you said, you didn't feel nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, on journeys, that. Well, uh, before, before you go any further, on that is they're too emotionally involved. So they'd rather keep you safe than have you, you know, find out the hard way, things like that. So they're just trying to protect you, doing the best with what they know. But most people, family members, aren't fucking experts in your career <laughs> that you're looking to pursue. So, yeah. you know, um, go there for emotional support and things like that. But when it comes to strategy, futuristic things, nice and stuff, get out there and find someone in the industry who's know it, done it and doing it. Because there's two types of people who give advice. Those that know it, done it, and do it, valued advice. And those that don't fucking know it, they never fucking done it, never going to do it. Because there's two those types of people you always meet. And whether they're doing it out of, you know, a space of love just trying to help you or a space of just fucking ego, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, obviously, they mean well, but it really pays to get the right advice from the right people. It really does. Um, so a part of your journey with the, one of your mentors early on was with the kettlebells and I love the kettlebell. Um, yeah. I use it in my workouts. I use it in my boot camps. I use it with my personal training. Um, you're a three time world champ. Am I correct? Yeah, you're correct. Just won the third one this year in, uh, Ireland, 2000, uh, 2019 world championship. Ooh. Talk a little bit about that journey. Congratulations. By the way, that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's been a wild journey, you know, like um, doing the competitions of kettlebells is my way of showing my members that I was prepared to go the distance, to do the work and go through it. 
and challenge myself because I do believe in those times. You know, it does when you challenge yourself, you reveal your character under duress. You know, when you develop that, you build it, you inspire. And I did it to inspire people to to see what they could do. It wasn't really about me. And you know, I, I get more enjoyment out of helping people, not just doing these competitions. You know, because the competition I help myself, but when I go help someone, I help them. But the crazy thing with how the world works is everyone sees these things and they're glued to it. They think it's a great thing. So the um, you know the the training earlier on was um, you know because I was coming, I was you know a lot of pressure where I come from in the town, and you know I was you know, a lot of pressure even on myself to make some of myself come from a small town is these competitions. I, I always thought everyone was better than me. I always thought the people in the cities had things better though, you know, whatever. And so I would train my heart, my ass off. And it was, it was, um, we had a mantra fight, uh, train hard, fight easy. And so I would, I would, I would train and break records in training and film them and release them on social media. So people knew that I was coming in to win. And I would release the videos one week out from the competition. So my competitors knew that they were going to come in second. And so it was a bit of a, bit of a, you know, I was, I don't know what you got to call it. It was a bit of a deviant with it and all that sort of stuff. I really idolized Arnold Schwarzenegger where, um, you know, he would psych out his competitors before he'd even compete. And yeah. so I was very big on that because I was exhausted. I was pretty wrecked just from working four jobs and all that kind of stuff. And so I do things like that. And, um, you know, the whole power thing is, you know, I'd be at the back warming up and psyching everyone else out. Everyone think I was fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> but you know, if they, if they played into it, you know, they lost, you know, it's, you know, so competition is a time to uh, collaborate and there's a time to compete. And when it's, when it's a competition, that's when you compete, when it's life, you collaborate. It's, it's a different thing like that. So it's been a wild journey. Last couple of years, I've, uh, I've only got one kidney. So I actually have from a freak last accident, I actually had um, uh, an issue with my kidney and, and then I ended up having liver damage and adrenal burnout and things like that. So the last three years, I haven't been at my best and, and uh, barely been hanging on in many ways, fitness wise and health wise. I really fell out of love with training and lots of stuff, but I still managed to do the minimum. Um, you know, so still managed to win a world title this year, even though it wasn't my best performance and things like that, uh, which for me, you know, like I personally knew that wasn't my best performance, um, but I still managed to win. So there's, um, and, and I will say there's heaps of people out there that are bigger, stronger, better, uh, better, amazing lifters, all that sort of stuff, but they weren't there on the day. They didn't show up. And the thing is in life, it's not the best two wins. It's the ones that show up that win. And um, so anyone else said, listen, I'm not the best and I'm not claiming to be the best in the world or whatever it is, but on the day I fucking was. And that's how it works. Um, you know, when I was younger, I used to have a problem with it thinking, oh, you know, I'm not the best, but I won and all this sort of stuff. And uh, C.T. Fletcher, this big guy from America. And I told him, I said, Matt, C.T., you know, like, you know, there's, you know, I know there's some dude in Russia bloody training in a dungeon who can kick my ass any day of the week. And CT goes, but he he didn't fucking show up, did he? He's not there. <laughs> the world fucking championships is on this day, and if they weren't fucking there, they're not fucking in it. You know, like so he did this big speech and it made me feel a bit better about it and all that sort of stuff. So um yeah, man, and I and I I, I really uh I really like that because, um, you know, life is about showing up. Life is about repeats and being there and being present and all that kind of stuff and committed and consistent and all that sort of stuff. So that's what exactly what it was when I was younger as well. And, 
And so that got me those championships. And uh, but mind you, there were that I trained my fucking ass off. And there, there in the early days, those competitions, I went in knowing that I was going to destroy it. Like it was like I, I didn't train to lose. I trained to win. And I used to wear these T-shirts called on the front said "How many?" and on the back it says "As many as it takes." Nice. Because like you know, um, in these competitions, my dad was quite sick during this time as well. You know, it was quite, you know, it was a lot of duress at home and stress and pressure and all this kind of stuff, you know, uh, health-wise, fitness-wise, financial-wise, all that kind of stuff. So me working four jobs and I'm, I'm wrecked going into these competitions. So when I get there, you know, I'm not there to fucking just compete or just, just to, to no. whatever. I, I'm there to win, you know, I'm there to, and, you know, that's where that whole power thing was the state change. So when I'm there, if I competed how I felt, I would have fucking... I wouldn't even have competed. I would have gone and had a nap. Um, so you know, that was all about psyching, getting into that state of mind, into that, that I, uh, you know. Getting the mind changing. right. Yeah, getting your mind right. You know, become that person I need to become to win in those days. And um, so, uh, and, that's, and that's been a journey. It managed to work, so. That's amazing. So I loved everything. There's so much about that I just want to pull from. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the pal getting kind of to that um mm. it's to get your mind right but where did it start like and and mm. why is it so effective for you and where like where did this journey all begin all right so tony robbins i got given by my mentor the brad booth he gave me these uh a 30-day personal power program he gave me the tapes and when i was an electrician i used to put those tapes and listen to them every single day I also would recite Tony's words and that's called shadowing. So anyone out there who wants to learn how to speak better is shadowing and listening to your favorite speakers and actually speaking as they're talking, like listening and talking at the same time in sync with them is called shadowing. It's the best way to develop your speech because that's where I learned to speak through those tapes. Now, Tony talks about having a, a power action or a state change and things like that. So it wasn't until, and I learned about all this stuff, but years later, the movie Step Brothers comes out and the guy's like, pow! He's like, what did you say? He's like, pow! <laughs> and, and me and my uh, workmate, me and my work, uh, mate, uh, we and my workmate, Glenn Staines, we were at work one day and we made a pact that we weren't going to be miserable like the other people. You know, we loved our boss, but we worked for some miserable people. Now, you know, bless their souls, they didn't know any way other to be. To be. But uh, they were very fucking miserable and we decided we weren't going to be like them. So anytime we caught each other being miserable, because it is like osmosis, if you hang around miserable people, you will fucking become like them, right? Oh, it yeah. It comes, comes down to who's stronger personality. And when there's more of them and less you, it's very hard. So what we did is at the start, we'd punch each other if we caught each other being miserable. And you couldn't punch back if you were miserable. And so... Um, <laughs> And so then we, after having dead arms, we then changed it to pow. And then it become the, our, our war cry, you know, pow, we would get into it. We'd turn on, uh, we had this taking care of business song, the Kenny song off that movie. Um, that become our like theme song. We made singlets that we would turn up to work in. We ran on site. We just changed the vibe, changed the attitude. And at the beginning, everyone gave a shit. But then all of a sudden, after a couple of weeks, everyone then got on board with it, changed the whole workplace culture. And I talk about that in my business talks these days, but that's where power come. I then put it into competing. It was really catchy. It caught on and people started calling me power. And then I just changed it one day on Facebook, Dave Powertabane. And, um, 
and yeah, which is pretty crazy. So, um, and then, so later on, I, I decided that power needed to have more meaning and I, I come up with power stands for passion over worry, living a life you're passionate about rather than just worrying your life away. Um, Cause I've seen so many people do that and, you know, I like to help people get more passionate back to their life. So um, that's what it also stands for. And also in the Power Man Kids book series, it talks about power of words, understanding the way you speak to yourself and speak to others is a lot about you and your character and, um, and your internal world. So I help kids understand the words we use, the language and all that sort of stuff, how we speak, how we communicate, how, what we say about others, how we judge others, all that kind of stuff uh, says a lot about us. So um, that's a bit of the journey on how it all come about. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how one little thing that just kind of can resonate with one person mm. um, when it is a positive thing. Um, the force that it can, it resonates with others when they understand what it's about. Cause it sounds like both in your work environment and in the kettlebell, like competitions, like it also allowed other people's perspectives to change and kind of be like, cause at first there was like, what is he doing? And then they caught on yeah. and then it was like, now they're kind of using it and they're looking at you like, Oh my God, look at that guy's energy. And it's like a perspective yeah. change. And just like you said, it's so important yeah. that we're, we're taking in on our own perspective and seeing if it, if it's true or if maybe it needs some rearranging and, and doing so if, if that, um, I love, I had no idea what pow man meant like the pow. So I love that. So it's mm. passion over worry. Mm. Yeah, yeah, passion of worry and power of words. Now, check this yes. also too is it's it's also is a very powerful tool within it that I later found out what Olympians use, world-class professionals, CEOs, and that sort of stuff is about creating an alter ego. The alter ego of who you would be if there was no limits, no fear, you have confidence. So when I turn up these competitions, what would Dave fucking power to Bane do? How would he compete? How would he feel? How would he speak? How would he hold himself? Basing how my basing my actions off that rather than how I felt in the moment or whatever was going on, the challenges faced, things like that, it made me bring a different energy. It made me become a different person on those days. And that's the power of your identity. You know, creating an identity is going to serve you rather than you serving a sentence to it. It's super powerful. There's a guy called Todd Herman, who is one of the world's top performance coaches for athletes and CEOs. He talks a lot about it. Uh, there's a great, great uh, uh, podcast on impact theory about it. Uh, but that identity is super, super powerful because most people out there, their current identities is what's holding them back. And if our reality is created from our personality, we need to create a new personality if we want to create a new reality. Does that make sense? Yes. I actually wrong. love that. So it's very, very powerful stuff. And this is why people in small towns have so much hard uh, tr uh, trouble changing making changes because every single day they wake up and they go and talk to people in the community they're reminded of who they were yesterday how can they how can they become anything different and that's why um you know with kids when i go to these schools sometimes the best thing for a kid is to change schools new environment you start fresh start no judgment some of these kids get picked on or something that happened in year two or year one or year three or whatever it is. And it carries through and, and you know, it's, it's, it becomes them, you know, like then they get bullied on it and all that sort of stuff. So sometimes it is a good thing to change schools. And I've got a, a best friend of mine who got bullied at school 
and he changed schools and he really found himself. He really created best friends. He become a, the best he could, best person he could be. We become even better friends. And, um, you know, I was really blown away by it. And that was when I was really young and I saw that. And I was like, wow, your environment makes such a difference on you. So, um, you know, it's always important. Anyone else out there listening right now, whether it's yourself, bullying yourself, because the biggest bully ever faces actually yourselves or those around you or whatever it is, is changing your environment, making sure you're in the right environment for you to grow and, and thrive. Super, super important. There's no point just fucking living a hard life for the sake of it. Go to where your worship, you know, where you're valued and lots of stuff um, and where you can flourish. It's very, very important. One of the quickest way to upgrade your life is surround yourself with different people or different places and things like that. Super powerful. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. Your environment is so key. It's either going to keep you stagnant, hold you back, or like or move you forward depending on the the energy that's in there and who's in there um Mm. so you started using pow and i I didn't just run so besides my workplace i didn't just run around going pow all the time people no 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 no. yeah no no i'm just saying like people come up to me when i do business talks and that sort of stuff they hear about me pow they're like pow 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 all this stuff I do it at the end of my talks and there's a lot of meaning to it. And I pre-frame it and lots of stuff. And then people get it, you know, then they're really behind it. Cause everyone thinks I just run around going, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> like it's pretty funny. Uh, but keep going. Um, oh. Hey. <laughs> um, so you had the POW. How did you decide to to come up with the book? Because you not only have one, yeah. you have two. Yeah, you, you're fantastic. You, you, had, you had that book before. I even had it. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, and. Really appreciate it. I'm really hoping this is actually you. My, oh, yeah, that's I'm, me. Yeah. yeah, of course that's me. I love it. I love it. So what? Um, so you you experienced some bullying. You saw your friends experience some bullying. So what drove you to decide to write some books about it? Because you had mm. you had the power. It was working for you. So what what clicked to make you be like, oh my god, I want to bring this to like children and and in a book. Yeah. All right. So check this out. When I was younger, there's plenty of times where, you know, and there's probably young kids and people might've thought that, you know, when you're younger, you make some promises. When I'm older, I'm going to be different. When I'm older, I'm going to, you know, when your parents, uh, you know, like you don't like the way they're they're parenting you and they're like, when I'm older, I'm not going to be like that. (laughs) Well, there's lots of times when I was a kid and, you know, I saw my friends go from tough times, even myself and lots of stuff. I was like, when I'm older, I'm going to do something about it. And that's me. This, This book series is me keeping a promise to my younger self. Um, and helping people through it because I can see some of these things that we go through. Yes, we can grow from that if we can see the hindsight in the moment, but a lot of kids get caught up in it and then actually get bitter. They let it beat them down and belittle them. And that's what I, um, I want to change with kids is, you know, the more that they can recover from whatever challenges they face, I don't want to take the challenge away from them. I want them to go through it, go through the fucking fire, be forged from it and come out stronger on the end, more developed, have more empathy, have more understanding, um, appreciation, all like grow, learn lessons, knowledge, wisdom, all this kind of stuff from it. 
And so um, with the Power Man book, I'll, I'll tell you how it came about is I always had the dream, you know, I was thought about, you know, because I do challenges, 30-day challenges. I'm like, yeah, I'm the challenge guy and I do this program. We've done it in five countries around the world and it helps people for what they eat, helps people what they eat think you do, be the best version of themselves. And I show people how to make success uh, and a healthy lifestyle the normal. You know, not just a sometimes thing that we do, but the normal. Show them how to achieve success as a normal thing, which is funny because everyone looks up to it. It's like, no, this is it. This is a standard. So what, what actually happened was um, a lot of the things, you know, that adults have issues with comes from their childhood and not understanding things, you know, trauma, whatever it is. And so what I realized is that, you know, I need to do something preventative, you know, from a younger age, teach some skills, strategies, all that sort of stuff. And I had this young kid, because um, I'm not the best writer or anything like that. So I had this young kid who was on my program and, and he lost uh, 11 kilos. And he was actually an artist, but he never showed anyone his art. He was too shy. And so on day 30, he actually made me a T-shirt and drew me a picture of Power Man and said, you are the real Power Man. You helped me find my confidence and all this kind of stuff. I was like, dude, this is a dream of mine. Like, you know, did you know it? Like, you know, like this is incredible. And so what I actually did, he, get, he presented me with these photos and stuff like that. And I, and I just had the feeling inside, you know, I was just like, all right. And, uh, and I'm big about speaking things into existence. So I put it up on my Facebook. Yes. It was like, guys, Power Man is coming. It's a kids empowerment book series. And it's coming in 2019 or 18 or whatever it was. And um, within the hour, I got a call from, um, a call from uh, another client of mine who was doing my challenge down at Aladulla. And he called me up. His name's Gary Evans. Sadly, he passed away. Um, poor fella, but um, amazing guy. I left an absolute legacy. And he called me up. He said, Dave, what's this Powerman stuff? I said, mate, it's this kid's book. You know, I just, you know, I just all, all, all started happening. He's like, man, you know, I'm a publisher, dude. You got to tell me about this stuff. So I told him about it. And he just signed me on the spot. He's like, dude, we're doing it. I've got the team. We're going to make it happen. Boom. And so I hang up the phone and had a, my first book contract and um, didn't really know how the pieces were going to come together. But what I do with the stories is I voice them and I have a co-author called Nadia who helps write them and, and, you know, make the, make sure the language is correct and things like that. And then we edit them. We have a, a bit of a team. Uh, then we have Shane who draws all the images and so forth. And that's how we create the book. So they're all based on true events, which is really cool. And, and I'm not sure if I sent you, but we've got a Power Man theme song, which is like a rap song now that we yes, um, you did I just send got, it. Yeah, I just got that last night. So that was actually made by my best mate, Dan, who lives in Tasmania, who was uh, the character Stu in the first book. And so, um, yeah, the book is just teaching kids to get strategic, to overcome whatever challenges they face, how to turn a negative into positive, rise above it in these challenging times against the perspective. So um, the kids love it. You know, they love the books. They love the pictures. They love the meaning behind it. Everyone's really proactive, you know, being the best friend that they can be and, um, you know, and I'm pretty, I'm every, more, every day I'm more proud of it, more day, every day it sort of evolves. Um, we've got five books in the series, written the first three, we've got two more to do. Uh, it's just been an amazing journey. It's been a hard journey, you know, but it's been an amazing journey. I, I, I'm going, like, I haven't started reading it because I just kind of got them, but I am so excited. And I got the bundle of two for each Oh, book. yeah. Um, and I, my plan is to get them out to all my friends that are teachers and get them to read them to their classes and just share it as much as I can. And then hopefully they reach out and they get a bundle of books 
because you have, yeah. I saw that you have like a, a classroom size. So I'm going to get these books out there. Um, is that, Amazing. is the... And, and, and if you have a few school teacher friends, I do talks at all the schools and that. So we could even do a tour over there. So if you get a few schools together, we package them all up and I could go over there and speak to all the kids over in Canada. Um, yeah, it'd be awesome. That would be amazing. So, yeah, that I get simply flights to, to LA. So, um, you know, it's really possible. It's, anything's possible for what we can do. Wow. Oh, my God. Yes, we're making that happen for sure. Um, so in number one, I do see on the front, it says the three-step power plan inside. What is the power plan? Can you go over it? Yeah, so the power plan is about developing strategies and solutions for whatever you're facing. So that's where me and my friend Stu, we sat down, we're like, hey, this is happening, but what can we do from here? How can we respond rather than just react? Because I saw my friend Stu, he was just reacting. The bully would push his buttons and he would react and get upset. That's what the bully wanted. So we're in regards to that, the bully's doing, like, that's, it's a power play, you know? So if I could teach Dan to go, hey, don't react like that, you know, like, change it. Don't let him do that. You know, don't, you know, don't let him trigger you and understand that. That's what he wants. And that's why he's doing it. You're feeding him. He then started to get smarter. He's like, ah, so and then they outsmarted the bully. Then the bully ends up leaving him alone because he's not getting, he's not they're pushing the button. Nothing happens. So it's, um, each power plan is different. Teaches kids different ways to, um, you know, understand the situation, deal with it, strategy, you know, all that sort of stuff. They're all real world strategies that, you know, like a, I've used myself personally, my friends have used or kids and that. You know, work with an amazing team that helps devise these sort of stuff. So it's, um, yeah, it's just giving coping mechanisms and developing skills for kids so you can overcome whatever life throws at you. That's, wow, that's amazing. So you're really kind of like diving in and helping kids understand um, the, the power that they have within themselves to, 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 to own what is allowed in their life and, and how to receive it. And, and if it's something that, you know, is, is a negative, no matter what it is, how to kind of change the energy, the, the power, the power change. Change like the energy. meaning, right? So change the meaning. thing is, if it being a negative, how do you know it's a negative? Sometimes the worst things that happen to you in life are the best things, but just not in the moment. They fucking hurt. They're burnt, you know? So, that's what you got to understand is we're very quick to judge things as bad, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So sometimes, you know, things that we don't like or whatever it is, don't feel good, makes us uncomfortable, are actually really good things long term. So seeing the hindsight in the moment. So, um, so yeah, just showing kids to understand the way someone treats you is more a reflection of them than you. So we'll have more empathy, feel sorry for them rather than get upset, you know, take on their stuff. It's all their rubbish. And they're just transmitting what's being put on them as well. So, you know, feel sorry for the bullies because no one is truly happy goes out of the way to make someone else unhappy. You know, this is just facts. A lot of kids That's don't true. understand that. A lot of adults don't even understand this. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we can easily take on other people's energy way too easy. But once you understand, hey, they're just doing the best of what they can do with what they got. They don't know any better. You know, and that it's on them. You know, that's a them problem, not a me problem. So getting very clear on that um, is very important. Teaching kids that they go, oh, wow. You know, and so they keep being empowered is keeping your power, not giving it away to people that don't deserve to have it, right? So ensuring you're spending your energy in the right places, people, all that sort of stuff, thoughts and things like that. And, um, you know, keeping, keeping, uh, keeping, um, 
yeah, you know, like, yeah, just like, I think that sums it up, you know, just, just yeah, doing keeping, that. So, yeah. yeah. And I want to, want to show them how to draw, self. yeah, draw their power back. Being power themselves um, is super important because, you know, sometimes we're going to draw it back to people, places, things where we've left it behind, that sort of stuff. Oh, we're going to get sure. it back big time. Oh, yeah. And when we do that, um, we get a sense of, of freedom in being mm. who we are because we then only – not that we you don't ever yourself. go to negative. Yes, you own yourself, so you own where you go. You own who kind of is in your life or as, at least the amount of time people are in your life because there's some people like family – that are family, so they're there, but you can mm. definitely determine on how long you spend with them and stuff like that. And that's the same with friends. Or, or, and or, what, you, or what you listen to. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, what you listen to is so key. I 100% agree. Mm. Um, that, unfortunately, a lot of people don't even know. They just think yeah. it's just, well, it's part oh, of, it's just stuff. Yeah it's, it, yeah, it's all part of the journey. Some people take it as gospel as everything, but it's like you can change your identity, you can change the meaning. That's very important. Mental health is very closely linked to mental meaning. The way the meaning we give to things can either empower us or disempower us. Super, super important. Uh, but that's all part of life journey. You know, like we learn through the burn. You know, sometimes things are going to break down to break through. That's how it is. You know, you've got to understand this all life's all about getting better, not bitter. We only got one shot. Let's make it a good one. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. Better, not bitter. That's good. Mm -hmm. Um, so how, how can people like, what are some of the strategies, um, that you might be using in your book and it's kind of discover your strength as well. That's the second one. Um, mm -hmm. how do people bring back the energy to be empowered and to own their power? Well, I, I think when people are listening to what I just said before, they'll, they'll actually identify how to do that because I just spoke about it, um, you know, with calling your energy back and understanding what's their issues, what's your issues, you know, uh, you know, not taking on other people's uh, angry, you know, uh, moods or whatever it is. It's like, it's them. It's not I. Under clearly identifying that. Uh, in the second book we do with kids is what's called a positive stack. That's one strategy. And what we do in that positive stack is Frankie, the character, says 10 things she loves about herself. Right, a lot of people right now probably couldn't even write fucking ten things they like about themselves, but they could write a hundred negatives. Yeah. So the thing is, is we can easily stack the negative. That's how we get so survival mechanism, our reptilian brain, all that kind of stuff. So we've got to actually um, coach ourselves on these things, remind ourselves of all the good things, give ourselves some credit. We can't always work out of a place of debit. It's like your bank account. You keep debiting, 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 being negative, negative, negative. You know, being, being an asshole to yourself or talking nasty to yourself or down to yourself. There'll be a day where, you know, you, you run out and your body just gives up. It's like, fuck you. I'm not doing anything. And I'm <laughs> doing anything you want. So you've got to give yourself some credit. So what I do is a positive stack. You write 10 awesome things about you. 10 truths. Get a friend to help you out if you need to because it's very easy to say nice things about our friends and all that sort of stuff. And what you do with that positive stack is you actually set alarms in your phone. Like, obviously, I do this to adults. The kids, they just write it out in their diaries. And, and what you do with adults is you, you, you write these 10 things and then you set an alarm on your phone and you have tw two, two to three times a day, you reread through that list every day for 21 days. It's how you reprogram your mind. It's part of hypnosis as well. It's how we hypnotize ourselves, which everyone does on a daily basis anyway. So if we're going to hypnotize ourselves, we, we might as well do it for mindset. It's going to serve us rather than us yes. setting to it. So there's heaps of different details. Uh, 
strategies from breathing to being aware, perspective, to understanding, all this kind of stuff. But they're just some simple strategies that people can use every day and be your own self-coach. Um, you know, one cool thing is that 10 step, uh, 10, uh, that positive stack is you can turn it into a statement, empowering statement. This is what Olympians do, is you create an empowering statement that anytime that you start to actually get, anytime you start to get like um, what they call imposter syndrome, where you feel like you haven't done the work or, you know, I shouldn't be here, someone else should be here, when you, especially around competing and things like that for Olympians is um, what you do is you write this empowerment statement from your 10 stack. So your positive stack, you write your positive stack out. Then you write this paragraph. You know, I'm Dave fucking to Bane. I've done the work. I've been here. I've sacrificed things for 13 years, you know, you know, all blah, blah, blah. Or this is who I am and all that sort of stuff. I can, you know, you can write this stack and then you, and you reread that morning and night uh, when you're in theater, when you're still waking up. Um, it's really empowering thing you do is how to change your mind. All you got to do it for 21 days. Um, there's a great book called Psycho Cybernetics uh, out there. If you want to read it, it's um, talks about all this kind of stuff. So that's that. But um, hey, Kenny, my earphones are about to go flat soon. Hit me with the the final sort of questions you've got for me. Okay. Um, so, what what are the next two books coming out? So you have five books coming out for these. Like, well, three more. Yeah, so the first book, which actually got the number one bestseller in Australia in the kids' book section for its clients, called Unleash the Hero Within. Um, and that actually got to number nine out of every book in Australia, which is wild. The second book is called Discover the Strength Within. The third book is about uh, find the courage within. It's about being courageous in challenging, worrying times. The fourth one is something, the determination within. So maybe like develop the determination within is um and then the fifth one is called beat the bully within so that in your internal dialogue and speaking to yourself and that better uh, so there are five books they could change a little bit who knows but um i'm currently working on i'm about to go work on the next two uh, straight after this call oh that is so exciting um so i'll i'll pop off with the the final question because um i can tell that you're needing yeah, to go yeah. yes um First, I want to say thank you so much for today and, and with all your insights and, and inspiration and knowledge and all that you do for kids and, and empowering them and helping them find their hero within and hero within mm. themselves to to be themselves um, and teaching them the the true power of positive talk because I'm huge for that and, um, and I, actions. I, and actions. and actions. Yes. Yeah. Um, I actually have um, a podcast called being selfful and teaching how you should be selfful. So get yourself full and then overflowing. So selfful to self flowing. So what's in the cup mm. is yours and what comes out of the cup is for yours to serve others and to give others and, and stuff love like it. that. Um, so I loved absolutely everything that you've talked about today. Um, my final question for you is, what is your perspective on positivity? Uh, I don't really understand the question, but um, I don't understand the question. Give me a little bit more What's my, what do I think about it? Yeah, like what is your perspective on positivity? Because I, I, the reason why I ask this is because my one of my 
uh, one of my goals is to write a book called Pop, and it is Perspectives on Positivity. And I just want oh, yeah. to find different um, different ways people find per- perspective, like their perspective on positivity. Mm-hmm. How does how does it come about in your life? How do you find it? How do you see it? How do you feel it? Mm, I, I think um, you know, like uh, it's kind of like how do you, if you're going to think so, I, I don't really know. I don't know. I'm having a bit of mind black here around perspective of positivity. I think it's um, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to be positive. Sometimes you got to be practical. Um, you know, sometimes practical isn't being positive. You like if if you if you try and think that there's a lot of stuff out there where you think you got to be positive all the time. You, you can be still be a positive fucking wanker. Um, you know, like, you know, sometimes you got to meet your problems head on. Sometimes you got to fucking be in a negative state of mind, but you know, work from there. And so I, I don't believe it's all about being positive. I, you know, I think, uh, always being positive geared in that sense, even if you're, um, you know, some people can just have a positive mindset and not get practical and they just tell themselves there's no weeds, there's no weeds, no weeds, but there's fucking weeds in the garden. You know, you got to go fucking pull those bastards out. You know, you got to do something, be practical with it. Tony Robbins talks about that. Um, and I think it's, uh, it, it's good to be positive, to be happy, um, you know, to share that with people. I think that's very, very important. Um, I think it's good to be optimistic as well, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, um, I think positive um, is a very broad kind of word in a sense. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, can't give you a full thing. I think it's better. It's you know, in some cases, it's better to be negative when you're in negotiation and all that sort of stuff in business and all that. You know, it's, sometimes it's very uh, useful. You know, just because you're positive and negative doesn't mean you're a bad or good person. Whatever it is, you know, yeah. bad people that are positive, you can be good person be Nick oh no but um yeah I don't know. No, I, around, I get where you're going context. yeah no I, I get where you're going with yeah. um no and I'm I'm not saying that you always have to be positive because that's definitely mm. not true that's impossible um that would never happen mm. um and yeah you definitely have to face things head on definitely have to um grow through what you're going through and feel everything i'm huge for honoring all emotions you can't dim the dark without dimming the light all mm. of that i just what i got i got an answer from what you said and okay. and that's that's it it's it's understanding that positivity if it's not used in a good way, if it's not used through sharing with others and, and, and honoring yourself and, and knowing when to be positive in, in, a, in a proper manner, like not being a douchebag and being a positive mm. douchebag because that's no good. You're still a douchebag. Mm. You're just positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just sharing the, the right context of being with yourself and, and, and good happiness with others yeah and- but yeah but, but being happy you know and um you know knowing 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 how to utilize it you know like knowing there's multiple gears of life multiple levels of life and um yeah utilizing them um accordingly you know yes. um you know i've seen a lot of people that are happy uh, that are positive when they should be uh positive how do you say that then you know they are uh, how do you say you know i i I'll give you a prime example i grew up um you know, my dad was always stressed. We'd go on a holiday. The holiday is the time to be fucking positive, but it'd be negative. 
yep. and he's at work and he'll be working. Sometimes it'd be positive when, when, when it's like, uh, there's good reason to be negative. So it's very important to understand your, your attitude for the day it is, you know, and your identity that you're playing, whether you're at home or you're at work or you're doing, you know, doing whatever it is, you know, you just got to understand that a lot of people, um, you know, especially in business and lots of stuff, you know, they, they got one gear, they're just business and then they bring that business home and then their business, but at home, you know, and that's how you can destroy a relationship. So it's really important to know what energy to bring to each part of your life. And when you come home, you put on your dad glasses, you know, or you put on your dad's suit and you be a dad, you know, when you go to business, you put on a business suit, you be a business guy or girl, that sort of stuff. So I think understanding that your the energy you bring to different places is going to change and be variable and learn to do that as best you possibly can um, to give the most positive outcome. Let's do it that way. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. Where can my listeners find you? Uh, just on Instagram, Dave Power to Bain. Uh, Facebook, David Power to Bain. You can go to Power on Facebook or The Powerman on Instagram. Maybe find it through your account. And um, yeah, any teachers out there in Canada or anywhere overseas or, you know, and that that's listening to this is get your school uh, to contact you or talk to me directly. And let's get the Powerman book out overseas to another country. You know, the kids over there are going to love it. Um, giving some a different perspective from an Australian perspective. A lot of kids will love that. Um, and I'm all, I, I love traveling. So uh, we've got a huge 2020. We're already in five countries, five languages. Wow. And um, yeah, I just love learning from different cultures as well, which is super important. So I know that the formulas and the way, the, the essence of this book and the messages um, go beyond borders. They go beyond language. They go beyond countries and all that sort of stuff. So it's super powerful. So any of your listeners out there, you want to do something? I'll zip over to Canada for a couple of days and let's make it happen. Oh, yeah. We're definitely making it happen for sure. Thank you so very much for today. You have an excellent rest of your day. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. See you later. Pow! Pow! <laughs> see ya. Bye. Well, my friends, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode just as much as I did recording it with Dave Pow to Pain. If you guys did enjoy today's episode or you took away any concrete information, inspiration that you guys are able to bring forth to your own life, please let us know. Tag us and share it on social media on Instagram at Sparkplug Wellness and day at Dave Pow to Pain or at the Pow Man and let us know what you guys think. Also, please if you guys want, reach out to Dave. Get these Pow Man books. They're truly impactful. They're truly incredible and they truly do make a difference. And if you guys are wanting um some change within yourself and you're looking for it his 30-day challenge is truly incredible so reach out for that as well and i hope you guys truly feel the pow impact from today's episode and now it is time for you and i to go create some positivity be positive and let's make positivity Louder.